Phoenix Kalita, and this is the Swapcast. Thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, today, we are going to cover some sex worker news. I'm going to keep it short, as usual. And um, yeah, let's get informed, shall we? <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Um, I actually have good news for a change. Like, actual good news. I know, right? This is a sex worker podcast about sex worker rights, and good news is happening. What? I know. So, uh, this is coming off the independent.co.uk. I'm really excited about this headline. Um, More British people support sex work law reform than are against it study fines. And they have a little excerpt. um, And this is by uh, Maya Oppenheim, the women's correspondent. And it says exclusive. People are horrified that sex workers suffer so much violence and understand that the prostitution laws, which force women to work in isolation, increase the danger of attack. That's like good news, right? Because, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time, in addition to needing decrim, is how stigma kills. And it's like, oh my gosh, maybe people are finally acknowledging that stigma is a bad thing. Let's see what happens. Uh, So campaigners have called for sex work to be decriminalized as a new study finds more people in Britain support sex work law reform than oppose it. It is not illegal for individuals to buy or sell sex from each other in the UK, but soliciting, soliciting and sex workers banding together as a group are illegal. A study by human rights charity Rights Info found 49% of British people are in favor of decriminalizing brothel keeping, an offense punishable by up to seven years in prison. What? 49%? That's kind of amazing. And then if you figure what? That... There's certainly some people who are going to be undecided. That's over half of the population, ultimately, who doesn't support um, or at least uh, openly support criminalizing brothel keeping. And, you know, if you've listened to the Swapcast, we've covered these types of stories before, right? Where um, I think in the last was uh, I'm trying to remember the article that I covered now. I was like the last couple years, every single um, case that's been brought to court for brothel keeping has involved uh, migrant women who do sex work and live together. There hasn't actually been any uh, like pimps or abusive uh, managers, which is what this law was intended to take care of, I guess. I like I don't believe that was actually the intention. I think the intention was to um, hurt sex workers as much as possible. But, you know, people who, you know, put these policies in place were like, oh, we have to protect the sex workers from abusive pimps or, you know, brothels where they're not allowed to leave and human trafficking. And every single case has been just two women who work together and happen to be sex workers, you know. Um, and I think we covered the one where one of them uh, was Romanian and pregnant and had to spend nine months in jail. She got sentenced to nine months and she was pregnant. And, you know, a bunch of these sex workers are getting deported. So, um, yeah, it's almost like people are finally starting to see... <laughs> What sex workers have been saying forever about how laws and policies are put in place to 
cause harm to the sex work community. So uh, back to this article, the poll of 2000 people, which is the first survey to be conducted on sex work decriminalization in four years, found 44 percent think sex workers should not face prosecution for street solicitation, which amounts to offering their services in public. They can present presently be fined up to 500 pounds for a first time offense. Damn, 500. OK, let's just be honest about this. Keep it as William says, keep it all the way greasy. Odds are, if you're doing outdoor sex work, it's because you really need the money and you are in um, a tough financial spot. So we're going to punish poor people by making them pay 500 pound fines. Are you fucking serious right now? <sighs> so the study is the first to gauge the public public's attitudes uh, towards brothels separately from street prostitution. I fucking hate the word prostitution. Um Nikki Adams, a spokesperson for the English Collective of Prostitutes, a leading campaign group which supports decriminalization of prostitution, said this poll confirms our experience that the public supports decriminalization. People are horrified sex workers suffer so much violence and understand that the prostitution laws, which force women to work in isolation, increase the danger of attacks. Politicians need to catch up with the public and decriminalize sex work, as well as overturning the government's savage austerity cuts, which many which left many women and single mothers in particular with few other options to survive. And you know how when you're reading an article, how it's got like, um, you know, like the like the hyperlinks like you might also be interested in. Right under that sentence, right, um, overturning the government's savage austerity cuts, with, which have left many women and single mothers in particular with few other options to survive. The immediate hyperlink, uh, the title of it, it was Sex Worker Starvation, Poverty Forces Women into Camming. So, hmm, yeah. The ECP, which is the, I just read the name, what was that? Uh, English Collective of Prostitutes. The ECP has long campaigned for criminalization, warning sex workers often have to choose between keeping safe and possible arrest or avoiding a criminal record and putting themselves into danger. Uh, around a fifth of those surveyed in the research were found to be opposed to relaxing police enforcement on brothels, and 27% are against ending penalties for uh, street solicitation. The poll found about a fifth of people neither oppose nor support decriminalization of either street solicitation or working in a brothel, two elements of the sex trade which are illegal. Professor Tila Sanders from the University of Leicester, I don't know if I said that right, someone British, tell me, and co-chair of the Sex Work Research Hub said, quote, We know that in the UK the law is out of step with public opinion. The British police do not support a punitive approach to sex work, but are open to decriminalization. The result continues to suggest that if politicians were brave enough to think about the impracticalities of current laws and how damaging they are, then there would not be a backlash. Dr. Rosie Campbell, OBE, postdoctoral research fellow at the University of York and also co-chair of the Sex Work Research Hub, added, quote, Brothel keeping laws are preventing sex workers from working together for safety. When they take the risk and do so, they will be anxious to call police if any crimes are committed against them, which again undermines safety. Use of soliciting legislation is criminalizing vulnerable women, creating an adversarial relationship between street sex. Excuse me, I have hiccups, y'all. Uh, between street sex workers and the police, contributing to the underreporting of a wide range of crimes committed against street sex workers, with the perpetrators continuing to pose a threat to sex workers and other community members. In the UK, between 2015 and 2018, there have been 186 prosecutions and 174 convictions for brothel-keeping offenses, according to uh, the study's analysis of home office figures. Some 54% of these prosecutions were against women defendants. 
Weird, it's almost like the laws aren't designed to help. What? There were also 950, 915 prosecutions and 724 convictions for street solicitation-related offenses over the same period. The study comes in the wake of renewed debates on sex work law reform among MPs, unions, campaigners, and human rights and anti-trafficking organizations. In July, the Conservative Party uh, Human Rights Commission released a report calling for prostitution to be criminalized, but for buying sex to be made a criminal offense. No, we don't want the Nordic model. No. Uh, This approach, known as the Nordic model after it was introduced in Sweden, claims to punish the buyers of sex work while decriminalizing sex workers themselves. That is a blatant fucking lie. But a number of sex worker-led groups argue evidence demonstrates this would place sex workers at a higher risk of attack. Miss Adams of the ECP said, We gave evidence to the Conservative Human Rights Commission on the intolerable poverty faced by women as a result of... Con- oh, they just skipped right... Oh, wait, hang on now. All right, since the article just moved right along and didn't explain about the Nordic model. Yes, I know I talk about the Nordic model all the time. Um... Under this model, sex workers are still deported. Um, Sex workers are still routinely stopped by police because while technically selling sexual services in and of itself is not a crime, you are still um, sort of like an accomplice to a crime because your uh, clients then would be criminals. So, you know, stopping and harassing sex workers, especially migrant workers, non-white sex workers, um, street-based sex workers, and, you know, threatening them by saying, oh, you have condoms, that's proof that you're a sex worker. Following sex workers... um, You know, that sort of thing. And then, of course, the same with like the brothel keeping, making sex workers homeless because it's illegal to rent to them. Sex workers are absolutely penalized and criminalized under that law. Don't 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 believe the hype. All right. So Miss Adams of the ECP said we gave evidence to the Conservative Human Rights Commission on the intolerable poverty faced by women as a result of conservative austerity cuts. Eighty seven percent, which eighty seven percent of which have been deliberately targeted to women and resulting in increases in prostitution, particularly among mothers. It is typical of the callous arrogance of this government that the CHRC response uh, is to condemn as degrading not the poverty or their policies that promoted it, but the way in which some women have found to earn a living. To then recommend increased criminalization of prostitution in the form of criminalizing clients when the evidence shows that this would put sex workers at greater risk of attack is irresponsible and dangerous. Uh, Ireland adopted the Nordic model in March 2017, criminalizing the purchase of sex, not the selling of sex, and doubling penalties for running a brothel. Supporters argue it protects sex workers while reducing demand for their services by targeting customers, but critics say it makes sex work more dangerous as it forces women to work alone or in the streets due to fears of being caught in a brothel. Statistics from Ugly Mugs, an app where sex workers can confidentially report incidents of abuse and crime, state the number of such incidents being reported has greatly increased since the law was introduced. Wow, if only someone could have told lawmakers. Just kidding, someone did tell lawmakers, and lawmakers said, good, we want to hurt sex workers. They say crime against sex workers has increased about 90%, while violent crime specifically has increased 92%. Yeah, how fucking about it? The Nordic model is bad. I don't know why this is still, um, you know, a thing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole article because I'm already at 10 minutes and I'm trying to keep it short. Um, I just wanted to go over this. I don't know if folks have heard in Canada, there is um, a case involving a man named Curtis Sagmoin, uh, who apparently threatened a sex worker and has um, abused sex workers. I don't know if folks are uh, keeping track of this case, but 
Um, and this, of course, is off CBC.ca. Uh, a man charged with multiple counts of crimes against sex trade workers broke into tears as he was interviewed. Oh, wow, my heart's bleeding for you, guy. By RCMP officers and yelled that he had never pointed a firearm at anyone or pulled a trigger. Curtis Sagmoen's outburst came during the hours of video and audio interviews with police officers that were played during a four-day hearing into the admissibility of evidence in Vernon, British Columbia. The hearing ended last Thursday, but the contents can uh, now be reported because a Supreme Court judge has lifted a publication ban after it was challenged by the CBC. He's accused of dis dis uh, disguising his face with a mask and threatening a sex worker with a firearm in late August 2017, as well as discharging a firearm and possession of methamphetamine. Sagmoen has pleaded not guilty on all counts and has been in custody since his arrest in October 2017. Earlier this year, he pleaded guilty to assaulting a sex worker in Maple Ridge, and two years ago, officers found the remains of an 18-year-old woman on a farm where Sagmoen had been living, which, oh, and the farm belongs to his parents, they added in that little caveat. Uh, the RCMP says her death is suspicious, but he has not yet been named as a suspect. While his name and face have been in the news for the past three years, the recordings are the first chance the public has to see Sagmoen during the 24-hour period immediately following his arrest. The uh, interview paints a picture of the accused and gives an idea of the life he was leading up until his incarceration. He was living in an RV trailer on his parents' farm, enjoyed hunting and fishing, and was sometimes employed as an iron worker. Um, Sagmoen also speaks about his history of drug use and losing a job because of a failed drug test. The statement comes from a series of sit-down interviews and informal cigarette breaks between an officer and Sagmoen. During the interview, Sagmoen is sometimes relaxed, other times he's slouched over. In one interview, one interview the, the officer repeatedly asks Sagmoen about his history of contacting and calling escorts. At first, Sagmoen says he doesn't have a history with escorts and hadn't called anyone to his property, but eventually admits he contacted several women and called one uh, that he met on Backpage. He tells the officer he texts a lot of girls and admits to telling women to meet him in his property. Uh, the officer repeatedly asked him if he contacted a specific sex worker in August 2017. Uh, let's see. The officer tells Sagmoen that the woman uh, ran away after someone wearing a mask uh, pointed it at her and fired the gun. Um, point oh, pointed a gun at her and then fired the gun into the air. Uh, Sagmoen says he doesn't know anything about the incident that happened on your property. Really? Uh huh. Um. Sagmoen explodes uh, angrily at another point in the conversations where the officer tells him investigators will have to wait to have his parents out of their home for some time while they search uh, all the computers inside. Sagmoen at this point jumps up and sends his chair flying through the interview room. Wow, that's going to convince me that you're calm and you don't point guns at people throwing your fucking chair around the interview room? Okay. Um, let's see. I don't think that. Oh, OK. That was about the end of the article. So, yeah, just going to follow that case and see what's going on with that um, to see if there's any further investigation into the dead body that they found. And of course, this guy is pleading not guilty to um, pointing a gun at a sex worker and then firing the gun in the air. Yet at the same time, he's already pled guilty to uh, assaulting a sex worker last year. So um, try to stay safe out there, folks. It's fucking dangerous out there and stigma kills. So, all right, let me get out of here. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for listening to the Swapcast. Uh, if you have any stories that you want me to cover, you can always hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are open. My at is uppity negress with two P's, two T's, and two S's. Um, try to stay safe, okay? All right, y'all have a good one.